My name is Yuri Lowenthal. My name is Travis Sintel. And you are awaited. Welcome to a Mad Max Fury Road podcast where we watch and dissect four minutes at a time of Mad Max Fury Road to your delight and to ours. Boy, do we have a good four minutes for you today. <laughs> do we dissect or do we just sort of heap praise upon it? Mean, no, no, because we're not... We're... We're not obsequious about it. No, no, but it's so far it has not failed to disappoint. Also, every I would say I should write down an intro and say it the same way every week, like most podcasts. Why do. is that? Is that what is that what podcasts? Do? I think I have another We're podcast, like, and, and, and and they they you know and that one we decided to you know to yeah we there's probably an intro to that one right? Did they say the same way every week? Uh, we don't really. say Okay, the same well way. I do high end podcasting, Yuri. Well, Hi, clearly, <laughs> clearly I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. <laughs> same, because it's episode. 12. <laughs> just, some, I'm just thinking like about that. the idea that we should have an intro. Okay. Okay. Well, let's think, let's think Listen, about, let's think about the, what's important in an intro. Three months into any process is the time to start thinking about time how to start, start thinking it. thinking about how to start it. So, uh, we'll just riff it. What are the important, okay. I just feel like I wish people should know that we do, we watch four minutes at a time of Mad Max. Right. And that's it. So okay. I think that so we So that's should. the important part. Yeah. Okay, I think we can do that. I think so I, gonna, I think I can handle that. Yeah. So I'll, I've been, I've been sort of on doing some version of that recently and I think you it's have, to be you have. Out. And I always, I always feel bad that I that I no I think it's working. Let you do it. I, th I think it's working out good. Yeah, agreed. let me let me say this, Yuri. Um, I just got back from Cuba. I know and Cuba is how Cuba. They, how they say it? It's true. That's they do say it that way. <laughs> um, and all I could think about was Mad Max. Wow. Because obviously Cuban culture is amazing. There's a lot to say about it. It was a life changing experience. Everyone listening should go. Uh, I was there um, when Obama was there. Uh, and mm -hmm. the Rolling Stones and all that. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of historical change happening. But that is a car culture. That is a car-based culture. Really? Because all the cars are from the 50s and 60s, U.S. cars, old Chevys. Oh, shit. Uh, it's just... I didn't uh, even think about it being a time capsule of cars. It's a time capsule of cars. It's old, not necessarily muscle cars or power cars, but vintage classic cars. Yeah. Everywhere you turn. And they range from, this thing's barely still standing, uh, or rolling, to this car, this car would be... Five hundred thousand dollars in the U.S. Like just wow. ranges the gamut, and all the every taxi you take is one of those cars. All the doors are rusted out, all the floors are rusted out. They make noise, they spew diesel exhaust. It's crazy, but they are gorgeous, and it's it's crazy that they are, those are the taxis you get in. A guy will will write down the word taxi on his on a piece of paper and tape it to his window, <laughs> and it becomes a, it's that's a taxi. the only license he needs. Yeah, he he wrote his own license. And you go up, and you're like, how much to get here? He's like, I don't know, five? You're like, great, five. And you get in, and then he takes you off. And some cars barely make it. I saw a number of car taxis being pushed by, you know, locals. Wow. And did you, did you at any point offer to, to pay in, like, mother's milk or bullets or guzzoline? I did. He didn't take the mother's milk offer as well as you might think. Right, okay. I don't I, think he quite I, understood I what I was much. offering. Well, you know, it's, it's a testament to American car making, I guess, that uh, still those cars are still... The cars. Yeah. And also... And holding together. I mean, did you find that they were... I mean, I, I'm sure it ran the gamut also of, you know, cars in complete disrepair, two cars that people have been painstakingly, but yes. do, you, do you see them transforming as they as they would fall apart and it would have to sort of get cobbled back together? Do you mm. find that the shape of those cars changing? Yes, just... absolutely. And a lot of them are painted not with car paint, but with house paint. You would see a lot of cars with chunky, clunky house paint on them. Mm. Um, all, all over them and everyone there works on cars 
you, you have to. It's it's yeah. it's a Mad Max world where if you live in in Havana and you sort of deal with um, cars on a, on a daily basis, which mm -hmm. everyone there does, it's not the best walking city. You can do it, and there's taxis and there's buses, mm -hmm. obviously. But um, there's no garage. There's no car mechanics. Everyone just Is walks walks on cars. Like so you have to be able. to I would to suffer there. I would. I would have to learn. You would to learn. take care of my car. You would learn. You, it would be a, a the, the difference between a V6 and a V8 at least. I would have to learn. Doubtful. You'd have to learn that really. <laughs> no V8s. <in> Probably <laughs> changing yeah. fan belts, changing batteries. <laughs> right. Right. How to jumpstart a car. Anyway, it was you were, amazing. You were saying, and also, and I, 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 I um, cut you off before. I don't remember, but I think I think probably the also was the uh, everyone's working on their own cars, sort of doing right. their own thing, um, which was great. I mean, it's, it's a car that sort of reveres. Um, it's a culture that reveres cars in a. Uh, interesting way that just feels like part of the landscape. I mean, cars mm. are just part of the landscape there. Everywhere you turn, there's smog everywhere. The sound, the, the muscly sound of cars that we talked about liking. Mm -hmm. Everywhere you go, no Priuses, just sort of mm. humming through. No right, Teslas. even the small, the small like little like sidecar type motorcycles make right. enormous <laughs> amounts of noise. Yeah. yeah, everywhere you go, and you get used to it. It becomes the background, the backdrop of your sort of aural landscape. Is this just constant like? You know, revving and and, and uh, reverberating engine sounds throughout the whole city. Well, I, I just love that you traveled all the way to Cuba See? to you know a, a, a huge new experience. You know, a cultural, uh, you know, completely something you know you're different for you, and yet you still had to look at it through the lens of Mad Max. Well, I, I can't I can't escape it. I mean, really, it's uh, Australian Americana pervading. Through all all of the world now, it's what we we've, do. We've we've been touched by this film. It has touched us back <laughs> deeply and uh, <laughs> scarred us. And uh, yeah, it, it, now it I can only us. see things things through. Uh, so I, you know, uh, Travis and I recently had birthdays, and um, we ended up each giving each other a birthday present, and each of them were, of course, Mad Max Fury, Fury Road related. Do you think that's super lame? I, it's so <laughs> I just hot. need to ask it's you. So hot. Is it hot though? Because when you guys meet, you're, we both ordered them. They both were late coming. Right. So I missed his birthday by quite some time. He eh. missed my birthday by less time. Um, and uh, uh, I got his first, and I was like, oh, we, uh, clearly we both had the same idea. Right. <laughs> um, but it made me think: Are we tipping into obsession? Is this the episode where we talk about? Where we talk about this being a healthy obsession? Yeah, I tell people like, oh, uh, what are you doing today? I'm like, oh, I'm going to record. A Mad Max Fury Road podcast. So like, oh, what's it? What what's the podcast about? Like, oh, it's a Mad Max episode. What's the podcast about? I'm like, no, no, the podcast is about Mad Max Fury Road, I'm and not, they they get confused. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie. I get the same response. Yeah. I, when I say that it is a every week we talk about Mad Max Fury Road, they they get this vacant look in their eyes, like maybe you know they should. They're, they're like possibly reaching for a gun that I can't see. Or, the look you know. I get when I talk to strangers or uh, members of the opposite sex is a, <laughs> is a vacant, I'm looking for someone else to talk to look at yeah. that point. Yeah. You know like, what? It's this... a similar look. <laughs> right. similar look. This conversation's not what I wanted it to be. I'm going to walk away now. You should not lead with that. I do. I'm proud of it and I lead with it and I, I also close with it as it turns out. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yes. Un I unintentionally close with it constantly. Um, um, but so is it a I don't know. I feel like it's a healthy obsession. I agree. I agree. Right. It is not matters matters it, it not negatively impacted. Plus I'm not I'm, you know I'm not dating. 
So, you know, why are you rubbing that in? I'd like to be, but I have a Mad Max Fury Road podcast. And that's why we spend so much time together. That's right. Here is my work girlfriend. Yeah, which is which is totally fair. Um, We let's uh, let's uh, go with a little shout out to a couple of people who have been listening to the podcast. Um, Big time. Big time. We've already we've already mentioned Ian Tavener before. Ian, you uh, you're you need to come on the podcast. I, yeah, Ian. I I gotta I gotta find out where where Ian lives and see if that's even a uh, a possibility. Just consistently the smartest, yeah. most well written. Yeah, and, and not here's a bunch of stuff you didn't know and therefore you suck. Here's a bunch of stuff that you guys brought up and this more you know this information uh, is is stuff that I think you would want to know. I mean, and we do everything he said. <laughs> I think the last email. So when I was in Cuba, I got one email from Yuri. It was a forwarded email of a comment from Ian there was the the all Yuri wrote was like this guy's the best or something like that yeah and it made me happy yeah anyway um so let's talk about his last comment about what what we misheard in terms of yes yes please take it um although I don't even think I think that's the episode that airs tomorrow technically which will be before this episode which is uh, a, a conversation we we had when we heard uh, it was it was I guess a couple of people say it in this a furiosa says it but um, then Slit yells it later, and it really sounded to you like he was yelling "faggot." Yes, and we thought that out, couldn't be true. We, we, yeah, we thought that that could absolutely not be true. But we settled on it being true. Is where we you left that. You settled on it being true, and I settled Don't. on it not being true. I'm gonna go back to the tape. We're gonna go. We, right. we can excuse us while we go to tape. <laughs> See, and I we're was back. Right. Okay, yeah. All right, you got me. <laughs> um, turns out, "faggot" means is is a, a old Australian slang for pedal to the metal. Although it doesn't make sense why, because Ian didn't explain. Also, did Ian explain where that slang comes from? No, I would love to uh, say say "fang it" in a Australian accent for me right now. Fang it, fang. No, it's a terrible Australian accent. Do it again. I just want to hear. Just just to just to embarrass. No, no, I really I'm trying to hear what I heard. Fang it. Oh, yeah, fang it. Yeah, okay, all right. And Slit Slit is not speaking with an Australian accent. He's an American actor speaking with an American accent. Hmm. Um. Okay, well, that, that mystery is put to rest. Right. Thanks to as, Ian. as far as that, now, where does that come from? I don't know. <laughs> Ian? Ian? Well, uh, you Ian will tell us where it comes from. Right. Um, um, and, and whether or not um, it, was, it was through Ian that uh, we got uh, another listener I, I would love to, to bring up that I'm super excited. I, you know, this, I, I, I hope this doesn't count as, like, you know, name dropping or star fuckery, but, but Mark Sexton tweeted us super great. and said that he's been listening to the podcast. That's and it's digging great. it. Yeah, this is exciting, guys. And if you don't know who Mark Sexton is... Fix your life. Fix your life. Now, I'm going to be one of those people who comments on our podcast, but I'm actually going to comment on the people who comment on our podcast. If you're a commenter who says, who's Mark Sexton? Um, he's, if, if you like the, the way that, uh, that uh, Mad Max Fury Road looked and flowed, um, look no further than uh, Mark Sexton as a, as a huge influence to that. Um, because, man, this, this, story, this story is, is made of pictures. And pictures come from storyboards, and uh, and and he does great Judge Dredd. I mean, he's he's, great. he's, a, he's a great artist, and um, and super fun, and one of the reasons that this movie is as good as it is. So, we got four minutes to talk about. Let's we got get four this, minutes to talk let's, about. Let's get, let's to get it. into four minutes. This is a a very very quiet four minutes. You want to walk us through what happens in this four minutes? Well, so we'll as, get to as, the... as far as action, yeah, where where we last left our our dubious hero. <laughs> um, it was after. I want to be a, known as a dubious, dubious hero. hero. One day. Uh, Mad Max, dubious hero. Uh-huh. Um, it was right after the storm. He's he's just uh, gotten up. He finds himself still chained to Nux, 
and um, it's it's you're right. It's a very quiet up until the you know from from the from the start to this point has been very sort of loud and boisterous and action packed. There's only four lines in this whole four minutes. Yeah, um, most of which are very small. The last of which I want to talk about. Uh, I I would yeah me too. But, but go on yeah yeah. Um, there and then this is this is Max going back to survival again. This is a, this is a great moment where he finds himself handcuffed to Nux, knows he needs to get away, um, and so immediately starts running down the list of how he can get the cuffs off. He tries pulling them off, no dice. He tries you know pulling them off Nux's wrist. Nux is going to have a hell of a bruise. Oh, hell from, of a uh, bruise! From being handled that way, just you know just shaking you know shaking this poor guy's hand. Yeah, it's not coming off. He sees the the shotgun. Before that, though, off. what does he do? Is that before? I think, oh, maybe, no, you're right, you're right, no, you're right, shotgun comes next, and then so. the terrible sound yeah. comes. Yeah, so the terrible sound comes. I know we've talked about sound design on this movie and how, how beautiful it is. But, um, so yeah, so he goes to the shotgun, um, you know, in, in, in several, several callbacks to earlier Mad Max movies, both in the, the sawed-off, um, as well as him opening it to clean the shells, mm-hmm. closing it, trying to fire it, and having a misfire. Mm-hmm. Um, so, By the way, very satisfying sound and appearance of the misfire. Yeah. Did you feel, did you feel like that's Absolutely. a beautiful thing? I don't know Absolutely. what it is about this, but that that shell casing just sizzles and flares, and the sound. It be, because, I think what it is. Here, this, this sequence works on a lot of levels for me, but one of it is one of the reasons uh, is that it's been loud and boisterous and you know revving engines and firing explosions, and then we have the end of the storm and it's quiet. And so our ears are just tuned to every noise. Everything that gets mm-hmm. put to the forefront of the audio mix here is really relevant and interesting. And you're, you're listening. You're just, you're, your ears are, are primed. And you hear this like fizzle sound from the shell. And I, yeah. every time I see it, it makes me happy. It me just too. gives me like a nice you know what I shiver. Think, you, you, I, I didn't realize this before, but you just brought up the idea that that is a satisfying moment. You know what I think also makes it really satisfying hmm. is that... We're just about to watch Max blow this guy's hand off yeah. to get off. It's a very brutal act. Yeah. And, you know, my mind immediately goes to, do I like the kind of guy who would do that? And then it doesn't work. Yeah. Yeah. Also, so, this movie yeah. is established. It's the kind of movie that would do that. Yeah. Like, this, we saw a guy get an arrow through the face a second ago. Right. Like, we are in a, a situation where this movie could blow a dude's hands off, no problem. Right, and we've already and, established he's a survivor. Yeah, and it would be badass if it happened. So we think, yeah, totally. this could totally, this is a 50-50 shot at this point right. at this, of this happening. And so you are, you're right, you are, like, mm-hmm. on the edge of your seat, because you don't really want to see a dude's wrist get blown off by a shotgun. But then it gets worse. Oh, yeah. Because he's like, I gotta get off, well, I guess I'll just fucking bite this guy's thumb off. And what kind of sound does that make? Yuri? A horrible. Can you do it? Oh, let me God. try. Let me try. It's... Okay, try. I can't. Try it. <laughs> try it. Because it's like a, it's like a. Close to the mic, but it's. This is the least. This is the. This, this, is, this is gross. Podcast. This is gross. Why would we make that sound? I don't know for, why we're even trying. And I, listen, if there was no sounds, anyway, I'd love, to, I'd love to see the Foley team on this. I wonder how they got that sound. It's, it's, it's like you know literally was, biting into like a chicken bone. Chicken bone. I was going to say some sort of chicken bone, but it's just all the soundtrack is dominated at this point by just the sound of Mad Max gnawing Nux's finger bones. Basically, mm-hmm. it seems like is he yeah. on his wrist or is? I think he's. I think he's going for his. His thumb, because if he can get his thumb off, he can probably slide oh, it over. God, yes, it's exactly. And what it's it is. horrible. He's like, he's like, I'm gonna bite he's this guy's bite thumb, his off. thumb off. Um, now we haven't established uh, whether or not Nux is dead. Mm-hmm. 
um, at that point. But but I think we're, we're all sort of assuming that he may not, you know, if, if Max survived, then, then Nux could have easily survived. Right. So he's he has no qualms about just biting this dude's thumb off to get the... And then there's another, you know, that, there's that horrible moment that, of course, then doesn't, it, you know, doesn't go to completion, yeah. thankfully, for, for us. Yeah. Um, because we can we can still look at Max in a, in a, in a different way than if he had, uh, um, you know, eaten this guy's thumb. To, to get free, he hears the sound of, of a motor yeah. um, in the distance and realizes that the rig is, is just past, you know, just, at, just barely, barely out of sight. Yep, and then it cuts away. So then we, that's a, then we cut to Furiosa banging on uh, mm-hmm. the, the engine trying to get the so dust like a carburetor, out. getting dust out, air filter. Yeah. I, once that's, again, that's we go back the... to the fact that Yuri really doesn't know how cars work. Or Travis, but it's the air intake right. thing, part of sure. the thing. Sure. It's a tube and there's air. Air, air, air you need air to, for combustion. You guys, like can, can we get from the listeners a blanket pass on car stuff? I feel like we're going to stick to the mythology, the, the, the um, story thematics and the, the visual scope of the film, but we're going to fuck up the car I feel stuff. It's, I feel it's unfair to, to ask, on my part, yeah. to ask the listeners to tell us stuff and then for me not to know well enough how to read comments in the comment section. I just, I'm I mean, trying. I get Ian's stuff because I get a little note. And, and, and Twitter, I will, I will check. Tw- I'm not good at checking that account every day. Yeah. But I do check it. So if, if you guys ask any questions or talk about anything, I will see it. Same. Uh, I'm just sorry. I just want to say I'm sorry. I just want to say I'm sorry. Because yeah. we, we ask a lot of you, and then we don't just give continue a lot to fuck it up. Yeah. But listen, it's, it, she's knocking dirt. Listen, engines can't run with dirt on it in them, so right. she's getting the dirt off the right. engine. Sand, sandstorm. You're in a sandstorm. It's, <laughs> all, it's clogged. That's, yeah. that's all you need to know. Yeah. Um, or at least but then all we, we get this beautiful shot of the camera showing us her detached arm hanging from the rig. Right. Which I think is a gorgeous, gorgeous yeah. shot. Introduction to that, because we haven't really, we've, we've sort of got a chance, but we haven't seen it yet. That's we haven't the, gotten a close-up on that it. That kind of shot is the most this movie will do in terms of expositing detail. So mm-hmm. also in this sequence, we get a close-up of the pregnant woman, uh, the wife who's mm-hmm. pregnant. We get a close-up yeah, the, of this, her belly. Yeah, and, and we go to some of those crazy names that start to make themselves clear in this, as they refer to each other. That's right, yeah. The Splendid Angarad. Oh, I love that. But yeah, there, and I'm sure there's a story behind every name. Oh, of course, of course, of course. Um, but yeah, we do get this this arm uh, arm shot, and then we see her the, her stump, mm-hmm. for lack of a better term, um, and we start to sort of establish these characters just through their visual stuff. Which again, mm-hmm. I really, really think this clip is a masterclass. I hate to keep saying this, but a masterclass in visual character exposition. Mm-hmm. This just nails it because we go from this silent shot of the woman in charge, um, Furiosa, is is missing her right hand, her dominant mm-hmm. hand, um, mm-hmm. and she's banging down this. Uh, she's missing her left hand. Sorry, left hand. Yeah, yeah. She's uh, the as we look at the screen. And, yeah, and to, yeah. Because right. as I was saying, I'm like, yeah. that doesn't make sense in my yeah. head. But she's missing her, her hand, um, and she's taking care of this, this engine while behind her. Is a sort of iconic shot, which I really want to spend some time on today. Agreed. Of all the wives uh, bathing themselves, washing themselves in the hose. Mm-hmm. And one of the shots that we get here is, uh, I'm jumping ahead a little bit, uh, the chastity belt. Right. Which is based on real designs. Yep. It's a real thing. And it has a Morton Joe's logo on the the, mm-hmm. the front of it there. And she's to clipping mark ownership. It, to yep. mark ownership, right? And there's these teeth, is the yeah. giant dentata, a dentata yeah, yeah uh, cur- coming in so you can get your dick in there but it, taking it out would shred it right, right. Um, so it's again it's in, in the idea is that they're, they're 
taking ownership of themselves and cutting off these vestiges of, of previous ownership from mm -hmm. a Morton Joe. And it's a really beautiful thing. And you get so much information about who they are and what's happening just through like simple shots. Boom, 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 boom. Cool, we know who these people are. We know a lot more about them than we did before. Yeah. Um, and we know what's happening. Um, the first thing actually one of the wives says, like, the first line in this, in this sequence is, we're not going back. Right. Not said by Furiosa, said by the head Right, when they see that Max is there. Yeah. And Max, by the way, you know, not, not to be, you know, ever the survivor and, and not to be left behind, he throws both the, uh, both Nux and the, the car door because they're all sort of what chained to, you can't ass. get it off the chain. Yeah, that uh, uh, just over his shoulder and uh, starts walking towards the truck. Listen, he's a badass in this moment. I he even is. said to Yuri during this, during this watching of this clip, he just... Even the way they shoot him as cowboy, it's John Wayne, it's low shots, mm -hmm. it's him striding up through the desert with these... Oh, he also... We'll get back to... So yeah. he, he takes Nux's boot and puts the... takes steals one of his boots because he got his boot stolen. Was and that so, the end of last one or this, this one? That's, we, we just saw that. that yeah, we yeah. just saw that. Okay, yeah. yeah no, so before I love, he walks right. off, he takes Nux's... Because his boot, remember, was stolen. Let's just track the shoes here. His yep. boot was stolen by Slit, by Slit at the end of the last sequence. So yep. ostensibly, he's got one, yeah, one tracking shoe. Tracking this boot is a beautiful thing throughout yeah. the film. Yeah, and so now he takes Nux's boot mm -hmm. and puts it on. And then we don't see him put it on, but we see him take the boot and strides off, carrying a lot of weight, carrying his... Mm -hmm. he, this is nice, too, because now he's carrying... The blood bag's carrying... The other guy. The other guy, right. And he's got the door, and he's, he walks up, and he sees. He prepares himself to step around the corner of, of uh, the, the big rig, gets his gun, pulls his gun into shot, steps around, and is stunned because he sees beautiful women. A music women. video. Yeah, he, yeah. Sees a, he sees a music video. A sexy 90s music video. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about Let's, this. Because this is, this is, I would venture to say, the shot in the sequence that we get challenged most with Strangely enough, of, that that right the 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 uh, you know our our doof warrior gets challenged a lot. Yeah, and this you know they when when people say well you go you, you well just recently this. this happened. Yeah, this, it happened yeah. recently. I was I, I told someone I was doing a Mad Max Fury Road podcast, uh, and and they said some version of oh you mean the feminist film where they just show a lot of girls in scantily you know in in sheer right. sh dresses what you know having wet t-shirt contests in the desert. Right, and I was like. That was literally the first thing that they said to me yep. about the film was that, you know, and they were of, of, of the feminist mindset, of which I am also, um, and they, they were, were sort of angry that this movie got stamped as a feminist film when they focused in on this scene mm -hmm. as sort of undercutting that feminist ideology. I strenuously disagree with that assessment and interpretation of the scene. Uh, before I go forward, do you think that's the wrong? No, I absolutely disagree with that as well. Okay, good. Yeah, it, to me, it, it, to me, it, it's it's you have to cast a clear eye on the world you've built, even if it doesn't agree with your modern sensibilities and your personal sensibilities. And this is a world in which these people do exist in this way. It is a patriarchy. A Morton Joe has taken charge. He has captured wives for himself. He has forcibly impregnated them. That this is this. He has dressed them. He's given them the clothes to wear. Mm -hmm. He has put. Um, chastity belts on them that are aggressive and dangerous that that are certainly not comfortable or pleasant mm -hmm. for them to wear uh, these women have escaped him and you know obviously they don't have time to change clothes they don't have clothes to change into this is what he dressed them in and right. I said this on previous podcasts that I think the movie's even being generous that I suspect he would have dressed them in less than what we see them in here right honestly right. I really half think naked or completely half naked, naked topless or, yeah. 
Yeah, that, cha chain mail bikini. Totally, right. You know, Some sort right, of Princess yeah. Leia thing. Yeah, possibly. exactly. And I think the idea that even during wearing this is generous, uh, I think it's George Miller's concession to the, his personal beliefs, which to mm -hmm. me seem to be um, wholly in line with, with gender equality and, mm -hmm. and feminism. Um, but uh, the, these women are cleaning themselves. And also this serves a plot purpose. You know, what's going to stun a guy who just almost bit a guy's thumb off to get away? I mean, this right. is a stunning thing for him to see. Yeah. Uh, and, and also, lastly, and I'm, I'm sorry I'm dominating this part to of the go. conversation. I, I, love to I love to watch you talk. Oh, God. Listen, this is beautiful. We're, just, we're having eye contact hold right on. now. Would you, hold on. We're going we're gonna to press pause for a second. We'll be right back. <sighs> wow. Wow. You learned that in Cuba? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I learned it from the cigar, but... Okay. Uh... So, <laughs> so besides the, the the vision of the women, yeah, I do think that it's it's um, it's also a beautiful sort of scene. It's a beautiful scene mm -hmm. of listen, let's, let's just give this movie a beat of mm -hmm. of showing us what he is willing to risk his life for. Because Morton Joe, I mean, mm -hmm. because from a plot perspective, we need to appreciate on an actual physical, tangible level what he's risking his entire kingdom for. Yeah. It's not just my wives, because that that is uh, an idea, not a thing that we can feel. Right. It's not visceral. And George Miller is a visceral, visual director. Mm -hmm. And to have us spend the whole movie in a chase sequence, we need to understand what's why I'm Morton Joe. Yeah, what's at stake? Mm -hmm. Why why Morton Joe is risking everything to track these these girls down? So I think this is a necessary presentation, a necessary thing. We want the guys in the mm -hmm. in the audience to have a hard on for these girls. We want mm -hmm. the girls in the audience to understand that these are representations of iconic beauty. Mm -hmm. um, for for Morton Joe, we want we want to understand what he's uh, what he's what he's risking himself for. Right, right, right. Absolutely. All right. And I love the idea of after everything that we've seen in this film, and I love this in in all movies. I love uh, and and I'm not coming up with the word. I spent this last uh, few minutes while you were talking, saying you know, composing this thought and saying and, there, and there's a word I'm missing. It's not a discordant image, mm. but there's a. Uh, it's an image that doesn't belong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's yeah. a word for that. I'm not coming up with it. Okay. But you know, so you've got all this stuff, and then he turns the corner, and it is quite literally the last thing yes. you would expect to see. And whenever that happens to me in a movie, and when it's artfully done, it it you know it breaks. You know, if if you've been sort of coasting, it it stops and 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 gives you a jump start again. Yeah. You're like, and, oh, you got to think about this because what the fuck is that? Yeah. 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 That's exactly right. That. It's just, listen, again, it's just good storytelling to me. It, yeah. it is exactly that. It's twists, it's turns, it's the last thing he expects to see. It's the last thing that we expect to see. Yeah. And he presents it in a way that plays up that idea. Mm -hmm. He plays up the sensuality of it. Yeah. They're in the hose. Yeah. They're they're rinsing themselves off. And and and, and then the great thing is, is you know our our apparent you know, sexist view is whatever is that Max comes around. He's probably been alone for a long time. He's presented with, with all these women, yeah. and he says, the first thing he says is water. Yeah, yeah, beautiful. Like, that, that you've, got, you've got this whole sexy scene, and what's the sexiest thing to him? Water. He's water. focused on the water. Yeah. And even the camera goes from these beautiful women to the muddy ground the, beneath them. Yeah, the dr dripping, dr all, I think that shot comes a little bit later, the, the, porno, the, shot the, of the, the porno shot of the water dripping into the sand. But, and you know, the arcing of the, I mean, it is a very, the, the yeah. water becomes sexualized. The money shot. It's the money shot. And this, yeah, it is absolutely the, the, the money shot. I want to talk about a small detail. The aquacola shot. The aquacola shot. Mm -hmm. I want to talk about um, a small detail. So, 
there is a there's an inherent and uh, sort of un understood primacy it seems amongst mm -hmm. the wives. We, I think we're told at some point this is his favorite wife who's pregnant. Yes, great. Right. But, she, yeah. She. But she's about to say it in the next. Okay. In our next four minutes, we'll get that. Great. So um, his his favorite wife. These are these are uh, untouched, pristine women who who are I would argue as they would be uh, in this world. They are not super muscular. They are not super uh, overweight. They are um, well fed. Mm -hmm. Seemingly healthy, mm -hmm. beautiful, skinny women mm -hmm. who are pale, 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 pale. They, right. they don't go in this Kept hot out of sun, the sun right. except for the one um, darker-skinned woman. Who, but even she, if for I think her, she started that way. Well, no, so I'm saying her yeah. race is yeah. right. Yeah. Her, but but for her, whatever her race is, uh, she's light for her race. Like she's clearly not been in the sun. Also, I would say. Right. Um, right. She's she's a Kravitz. They are dark, but not that dark. Is that Kravitz's daughter? That's Kravitz. That's Lenny Kravitz's daughter. Hey, Lenny Kravitz's daughter. Hey nice work. Yeah, if you're listening, right? keep right? it up. Yeah. Um, so yeah, but I I I, uh, I want to talk about the scarification on the face of the face. Let's let's do it. I want I want, I don't uh, that's all I wanted to say. I want you to tell me what it is. I think she me. did it to herself. Oh, I think. Let's talk about that. I think uh, you know if I think it, it was it's been so horrible the um, the you know having to exist as these trophies mm. to Immortan Joe that at times there must have been it's it's gotten so bad that they're like I'll make myself so ugly. That he won't want me anymore. Oh, I love and that, that I idea. Escape this. I hadn't considered that. What, what was your? What's your? I, well, you know, so the way the way the shot there's, works because there's is, clearly a story behind everything. Yeah. yeah. So the way the shot works, uh, listeners, mm -hmm. is that we see these beautiful women from mm -hmm. afar. They seem perfect. They seem porcelain esque mm -hmm. and pristine, mm -hmm. uh, and we see a lot of them. And all, mm -hmm. all uh, every shot we see of of the other wives, they are perfect. There are mm -hmm. no blemishes on their skin, even in this tough climate. Uh, no burn marks, no, mm -hmm. you know, no freckles. It's just like right. this, like, right. whatever this iconic idea of whatever Morton Joe likes. Mm -hmm. And we see a shot of his favorite wife, and she has this light sprinkling smattering mm -hmm. of almost razor-thin uh, scars mm -hmm. on her uh, right side of her cheek uh, and her eye, around her mm -hmm. eye. Um, and it's it's not necessarily in a pattern that, that I recognize. Mm -hmm. It's kind of crisscrossed yeah. scarification. Um, I, I I was wondering if maybe that was some sort of demarcation that a Morton Joe uh, gave her because here's here's my thought process on this. Do it. The war boys that follow him are all richly scarred, right? Mm -hmm. And it's in a way that supports their 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 um, their belief in him and their support of him. Mm -hmm. um, it's about cars. It's about all the stuff that he sort of give, puts in their head. And they do that, I would assume, to not just for themselves, but to pay homage to something. Because scarification, historically, is some sort of ritualistic, often religious, theological mm -hmm. activity, right? Mm -hmm. uh, whether it's circumcision, circumcision or ritual scarification in, for, from the aboriginals in... Uh, right. in uh, it's tribal, but it's also, I think, culturally and religious. Mm -hmm. And so I wonder if Immortan Joe has a thing with scarification and there's something in him that that's how you show uh deference or allegiance or being part of the tribe mm -hmm. and i wonder if he did that to her that that he's saying i'm claiming you and if, if it's his favorite maybe it was his first i don't know right um it, it, there's something about it that made me think it's it's clunky but it's it's something beautiful about it to mm -hmm. me it doesn't it, it doesn't it doesn't mar her beauty to at me at all yeah it sort of accentuates it in a weird way because because the scars are so light and almost it almost looks like she's been painted with gossamer or crystal on you, her face. And you know what uh, you know what those scars made me reminded me of and made me think of are all the people that I've known who have been cutters yeah. in their life. Yeah. 
uh, when you see that those type of scars, they're self, they seem they're self inflicted. It reminded me of the same kind of scars yeah. that she's got, which is why it made me think, oh, did she do that to herself? Well, let's talk about that because the reason I would just I would assume that's not the case is they're not centralized. They're not on mm -hmm. her forehead or mm -hmm. in a way that's going to obviously mar her beauty. Mm -hmm. And if the goal is fuck you, right. then it feels like she'd really try to fuck her face up. Right. And it, it she either. F sucks at that because mm -hmm. she didn't fuck her face up or she's going for something else which is more of a gesture possibly mm -hmm. I, I don't know like I, I I think the scars are are you know such a specifically weird place mm -hmm. and are and are obviously they were they were they bled a lot and you know the face right. bleeds a lot um, so it wouldn't have been great at first but now they they look beautiful and it's a culture that understands scarification they understand how to get certain scars from certain mm -hmm. cuts because we have a you know Thousands sure. or hundreds, at least, war boys to, to test on and to sort of work it out. Right. What okay, this cut makes this kind of scar in ten years, and so uh, I don't I'm, know. I'm going to be looking at her scars for the rest of the movie now because because I still stand by the the self inflicted. It's a great even, idea, even I though she's trying to it. you know make herself ugly. It's also a terrifying thing to do, mm. and you know she's probably it's probably balanced by a fear of what if I make myself so ugly that he does throw me out. Yeah, you know I I want to get out, but the thought of, of a gentle of, fuck you as opposed to like I kill me, I don't give a shit, fuck you. Right, right. It, she's, you know, a cowardly scar Interesting. In, in that respect. Interesting. Now, we could spend all day on her scars. Let's let's talk about the um, some of the other wives. Because we also, you know, we don't go in-depth into all of them right away. But uh, but we definitely see who the crazy one is. Yeah. We, we start to, uh, you know, clearly she's... Because, and, and this is a line I think you were probably yeah. headed towards at some point. Um, she walks up and uh, to to give him uh, the bolt cutters. Yep. Because the second thing he asks for is bolt cutters. Yep. Um, in the meantime, the whole time, uh, uh, the, you know, holding an empty shot, a shotgun that he knows is empty. Yep. And then there's no threat, and just bluffing his way. Which is great through this. And right. I, I love. Oh, before you get to this, which I will yeah. get to in a second. Um, watching Furios and him have a little Mexican standoff at the top. Yeah. Is really really interesting because she is. Not she's a uh, a feral animal here. She's not scared of him. Mm -hmm. She's waiting for the opening. She's mm -hmm. watching. He asks for the bolt cutters. She goes to take them. He's like, no, no, not you. <laughs> right, right. I know better than yeah, to, to, to give you a weapon to come exactly. Beat the shit out of he me can with. already yeah. tell what yeah. what's up with her. Um, but she, I mean, Charlie's throne plays this beautifully. She's just waiting. She's yeah. waiting for the moment. She's even got a small smile on yeah. the you yeah. know after the water one when he goes for bolt cutters. She's like, that's gonna be my my in my in. So the line. So so the so the blonde woman uh, walks up um, um, with the bolt cutters. Right. And and she stares off into the distance, and then all of a sudden, the 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 danger, you know, the potential danger that Max uh, provides mm. is is gone. Like she 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 almost you know hands it off and looks off into then says, is that a, a curious vexation? Uh, vexation. Um, and now vexation, the, I assume, is what they call the group of war uh, cars. I, I don't. I don't you know, know, like they call it's, it's this very is, poetic. This it's is like otherworldly poetic. Yeah, but I think it's. I, I would say, and listen, maybe I'm wrong about this. You guys will tell me. But um, you know, uh, uh, every every group of animals has a different name mm. for what you call a cluster of them, right? Right. Um, and I would say that a vexation is a really cool name for a group of war cars on the prowl. Okay. Maybe. Okay. I think I think she's just crazy, and it's the way she talks. You think she's just spouting kind of poetic? I nonsense. think she, yeah, I think she speaks poetic because I, she says I like, "Isn't say my she... imagination, or isn't that 
a curious, furious, a furious vexation. Yeah, she uses furious, which is which is great. Yeah. Because you know we've got furiosa, furious, fury road. Yeah. I mean there is. A... But wouldn't they call it a furious vexation? Isn't that the best name ever for a group of like cars going out to fight or? or... I I yes. <laughs> I, I'm gonna I'm gonna start. I'm gonna, you know now that I'm when I'm on the road and there's a lot of traffic, I will curse this the is furious, a furious vexation. vexation. Um, I want to know if that's what it's called because it I I like it so much better if it's actually called a furious vexation and she's not just spouting nonsense. It makes me happier if that's the case. So uh, well, let's find. We'll have to and, find and out. Here's, and here's the thing also: fury comes up a lot in this fury yeah. road, furious vexation, furiosa. Mm. Um, now you could say, oh well, it's a it's a derivative of mad. You know, if somebody's angry and they're furious or whatever. But the mad from Mad Max isn't the American or the more American, you know, mad means angry. Yeah. Isn't it mad means crazy. crazy? Oh, absolutely, yeah. Also, you cannot escape the with the with the women here, the story of the Furies from Greek mythology. I mean, we've already tapped into the Fury, idea. There, you know, I've never thought about that, right. but you're absolutely right. Well, we, we've already tapped into the idea of this Roman-influenced idea ideologies here. We have all these mm -hmm. um, uh, imperator... We have, yes. uh, what's that guy's name, the big muscle guy, the big muscle brother? Uh, Rictus Erectus. Erectus, that's yeah. a Roman right. knockoff. There's a lot of Roman types of things. And I, I, I would have to Google it, which I can't do, but there's a, a, a battalion or a phalanx of Roman soldiers had a name like Vexation. I don't know, I can't okay. come up with it now, but it's something uh -huh. in the ballpark of that word. Great. And so I wonder if that's part of this naming of things. that he, he's, For whatever reason, Morton Joe has has an affinity for Latin mm -hmm. or Roman times. But listen, even with all that being said, the idea of the Furies and the Fates being uh, part of the story mm -hmm. is beautiful to me. It makes a lot of sense because these women feel like the Furies. I had, I had never considered that, and I absolutely love you. I love you for saying that. This is great. Should we turn the what? recording? Should we pause it again? Let's just take, just take a short break. That's yeah. how much I love you for and that. And me listen a lot. Do you, listen, when we started doing this podcast, did you understand how homoerotic it would become? No, I did not. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I did well, not. Should... But, you know, but I'm okay to let it go there. Yeah, it I really is. Guys, it just is what it so, is. So I want to bring up something, um, because in that moment, something, <laughs> not in the moment that we just had together, but in the moment <laughs> I um, can't handle when, it. She, when she looks off into the horizon and sees the oncoming war party. <laughs> the funniest thing about this is we're making like blatant, oral sex jokes and then moving on as if nothing happened yeah <laughs> jokes oh, sorry he put uh, his he, he did quotes with his fingers there guys just so we know um so here's something that that i've always uh i've always been curious about yeah sometimes you will see uh, a trailer a trailer to a film yes and there will be a great moment in it and you go and see the film and that moment from the trailer is not in the film yes the, um, I, I remember the first time that that occurred to me was uh the trailer for the last boy scout which, if you haven't seen, you should see it. It's great. Um, if if I'm not mistaken, it's a Shane Black uh, movie. Um, it's it's very witty. It's super smart. It's a great uh, buddy film. Um, there's a great scene in the trailer where Bruce Willis, in classic you know hero, walking away from an explosion like you know with guns in his hand, and the yep. explosion goes off behind him, and the coat gets blown up. You know, sort of ruffled in the the breeze of the explosion. Not in the movie. B badass trailer moment. Not in the movie. Interesting. If I recall correctly, and correct me if I'm wrong since we just watched this now, because I, I watched the trailer so many goddamn times for Fury Road before it came out. She, in that moment, she does this thing where she does the, like, I'm crushing your head. Like, yeah. she uses her fingers to sort of pinpoint the oh. oncoming war party in the distance 
as if she could almost crush them in her fingers. And she's looking off and like sighting them down like that. Yeah. Which which I thought was this great yeah, I don't moment think it's in here. the character. And it's not in the film. Interesting. Why would Do you... Do you know also that uh, if you want to know how long the sun, how long it would be before the sun sets, you can hold up, it's a basically a finger for every 15 minutes. So from wherever you are, you hold up a finger and there's a, you know, if you have two fingers between the horizon and the bottom of the sun, that's about 30 minutes before it sets. I did not know that. Yeah, um, I, I don't know if this works everywhere or if it just happened to be where I learned it, whatever, but I wonder if that's some sort of measuring distance. I mean, it's cool that she's crushing them. That's also awesome. But I wonder if that's how they can measure distance in... Maybe? I don't know. Maybe I'm making that part up. All, all I know is that it always weirds me out when then I go to the movie and, they, and for whatever reason, you know. Star Wars did that. Did they? Can I tell did you they? something? I wasn't going to bring this I, up. You know, I, I should not go down this hole, but yeah, it's been a while. So listen, Talk to me. I had this amazing 10-day Cuban excursion. Mm -hmm. I get into some trouble. I stay up all night. I meet a lot of people. We have a really fun time. It feels decidedly, uh, I don't want to say un-American given the current political climate and the communism of Cuba, but... It felt different, and I had lovely culture shock. I met some lovely people. Um, and I'm coming back from this. I was nervous about coming back to America in terms of what will it be like to see McDonald's and Starbucks everywhere. Um, again, they don't have any... Ad There's no advertising. You don't see a single ad in Cuba. You yeah. see propaganda. Oh, I would call sure. it propaganda. They would call it, you know, support of Castro or um, support of Chavez. A lot of yeah. Chavez love over there, too. Uh, but you don't see any ads. And so for 10 days, I have no advertisements in my face, which in America, you can't avoid it. They're everywhere. Uh, and I get on the plane from, uh, so I fly back through Cancun. I get on the plane from Cancun to America. And the only movie showing on the plane is Star Wars, Star Wars The Force Awakens. And I thought, welcome the fuck back, yeah. USA. Slap in the face. And it was a big slap in the face. I'm so sorry. It's okay. It happened. Hopefully you had a good book. For those, I did actually. That Patrick Rothfuss book I was telling you about. Yeah, yeah my sister got me a fantasy novel uh, for my birthday, and I read it, and it was lovely. Anyway. 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 <laughs> Sorry, that had to be said, because I thought, well, uh, what yeah. an appropriate thing yeah. to come back to this. Okay, so what happens is our crazy woman uh, notices the furious vexation, which I hope we're remembering correctly, because otherwise this will be a long detour of commentary about something that's wrong. Um, she notices them coming and realizes what that signifies and that they might be caught. Doesn't really freak out. Tries to cut the chain holding Max's uh, mask on mm -hmm. to his face. It's hard to cut. She's not super right. strong. These girls don't lift. They're not working out a right. lot. Um, and gets, slightly blocks um, the view of Furiosa from Max's eyes. And he's like trying to get it cut off. And Furiosa charges him. Yeah, she uses yeah, that opportunity takes uh, where him he's distracted. Down. Also, probably by the, you know, the beautiful, beautiful woman, woman standing next to him going... Hey, what's that behind you? Yeah, like it's, a, right. it's a classic. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, look behind you. That's you know, great. moment. Yeah, I hadn't even thought about that. That's yeah, exactly. I didn't mean either until the. Until and this I'm moment. sure she smells delicious. She probably does. Right. Let's not. Let, so, these are so, perfumed, kept women, even though they've been on the road for a second. Right. He probably hasn't smelled anything like that in. I mean, at least a month. Right. <laughs> at least. <laughs> at least. So uh, all this is happening. Furiosa <laughs> takes him down in the. One of the most badass yeah, just, dive tackles. He lifts him off the ground. Yeah, this is a guy yeah. we just established as a badass. Yeah, he's been carrying a man and a car door and a chain on his back after losing a quarter of his blood and mm -hmm. seems no worse mm -hmm. for the wear. She takes him the fuck down, wrestles him, grabs the gun, puts it under his chin. They have eye contact. She doesn't fucking hesitate. She pulls the trigger. Yeah, she there, there's, blow no, his there's, fucking no, there's no questions. No. There's no he's done. anything. 
he's a threat, he's, he's, he's getting out of the way. And, and my favorite course. moment of this, she pulls the trigger, click. She realizes that moment, he's been bluffing the whole time. Yeah. And she screams with fury. She's so angry that she fell that for she it. she fell for it. I love that moment. Yeah. She's so pissed, he yeah. got one over on her. And yeah. she's like, I should have fucking known better. And now, she, now they're in full-on fight mode. Yeah. Um, also, I should mention, because this is kind of where the, the four minutes ends, uh, uh, while Max is guzzling this water from right, the hose, right. um, we see a couple uh, moments where the water splashes on Nux's face. That right. is movie language telling us he's still alive. Right. I mean, the, the movie yes, doesn't show us of, that. He doesn't, he doesn't pop wide awake, but yeah, you're yeah, right. Yeah, right. I mean, that's movie language for, oh, watch this, he's still right. alive, be careful. Because what it does is it sets a ticking time bomb off right. in the scene. By, by, so, by showing us water falling on his face, the movie is saying, okay, worry about this, because... Right. He's going to come to life at some point, and who knows what the fuck he's going to do. Right. Um, so now, while the scene's happening, we have a fight scene between uh, Furiosa and Max, uh, and I guess ostensibly the, the, the other wives. Um, and in the background of all this, Max is tied to a person who might awake at any time, and right. who knows what side he's going to take. Right. Because he could beat up his blood bag, he could go after Furiosa, he could go after the wives. We have a, we, we, he's introduced this amazing... Loose cannon uh, yeah. in the middle of the scene. It could, that he's set up to come awake at any moment. Yeah, which is so fun. Also, the the the, the water on the face um, showing that he's alive. You know, when in animation, we often have to now for for totally different reasons because they they don't care about killing people in this movie, obviously. Right. But when I work on cartoons, there is a serious consideration that when there's a fight and somebody gets knocked out, they don't want kids to think that. That that opponent is dead. Oh, so we have to um, include what is called a keep alive groan. A keep alive groan is the sound you make when you've been knocked out that shows that you're still alive. Wow. And sounds yeah, it sounds generally something like uh, 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 to let you know that that person is not stone dead. Amazing. And, and, it's, I and the love term that. for it is a keep alive groan. Keep alive groan. Yeah. Oh, that's a so, great fact. So we don't get a keep alive groan from Nux, but we do get his his face sort of moves when the when the water hits it. Yeah. How many uh, keep alive groans have you done in your life? Not not as many times as I've been killed um, in uh, wait in real life or in uh, for my for my job for your job I guess. Um, I mean, not, I, I not as not as many life. screams of death as I've done. You've I've died a lot more times than I've been told to stay alive. <laughs> well, I've, I guess that's dying good. is my profession. That's so good. Seems so a lot of death screams. Most of, most of the people, if, if if people who are listening play video games, um, you've killed me. I'll tell you right now. If you play video games and have played them for a while, you have killed me at least ten times. That's at least so great. I don't play video games, and so I have never killed you. But now I not I'm, yet. Now I want to. Or at least just to the point where you get a keep alive grow. I want to hear a keep alive grow. Now, listen, labeling things is powerful because I, I, you notice things that you have names for. So, you know, you, you know, you'll you'll learn a new word and all of a sudden you hear everyone using it, right? Yeah. It's because you know it now and you hear it. Um, and so now that I have a word for keep alive groans, I'm going to notice gonna, this all the time now. Right. This is cool. That's a really good fact. Um, so, so, so this is this is also a, I mean, this 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 gets more and more clear the longer it goes on. Um, but in a normal movie, I would say that if you put the hero in this sort of shackled mask thing um, and and chained him up, you're going to get it off him pretty fast. A, because it hides his pretty handsome leading man face. Yep. Um, B, because it just fucking complicates things. Yeah. And yet, they leave it on for so long yeah. in this movie. And it, and in this fight, it, it, it becomes so clear 
you know, I, I, I'm sad that, that our four minutes ended just as this fight began, essentially, because there, there is such beautiful core, and I, I really can't talk about it because we're not... Nope. Save it. All I can say is that it's about to get complicated because Max is a, is, is a great fighter, but he is, chain, he is literally chained to an unconscious guy and a door. Um, and a door or and, through, through the door, we should say. Yeah, through the door, and has a, uh, uh, you know, a, a, a thing over, over his face, you know, attached. You know, it's not just a chain, chain to his hand, it's to literally the back of his neck, Such a, which is the frame we ended on. Here, which at, we'll at the tweet. Four minute point. Which we have tweeted none of these, but we which will we've tweet. tweeted. You know, I will. I will. T I will start this week, um, tweeting or no what? I will start three weeks ago. I'll start three weeks <laughs> ago. I will start with whatever um, episode goes up tomorrow. I will tweet that ending frame, and then just because I've been so poor about doing this, I will tweet the previous ones. Great, we'll catch up. Um, we'll catch up, so you see. I want to. We're getting close to time here. I, I want to talk about one more thing. Wow, I know. I it, thought I was. I was about to look down and go. But, but Travis, we've probably only about hit 30. Wow, no, it's we're okay. Into it. so, and I know we talked about Cuba yeah, um, and Keep Alive Groans. Yeah, the Keep Alive Groans. Um, there was a big thing. So Johnny Depp, let me, let me, let me broach it this way. Go, go, go with Johnny Depp. Johnny Depp uh, was a young heartthrob kid um, mm -hmm. and did 21 Jump Street and was sort of known. I was for, alive. Did Tiger Beat and all this. It was on the magazines. and um, Cry Baby was a little bit of a self-referential nod to that. Sure. Then he does Edward Scissorhands, right? right? Which is fucking his face up mm -hmm. to do a different kind of role. Yeah. Tom Hardy was, I think, threatened and has certainly been offered those parts, those leading man mm -hmm. um, parts. And then he does Bane, and then uh, which, right. he, which he obviously right. had a mask on and fucked up his body a little bit for. Right. Um, and then Mad Max. Is this a thing that he's trying to do where is he conscious of his looks and wants to be taken seriously as an actor? Is it just a happenstance of his physical characteristics and the roles he picks? Do you think that's a relevant point? I think it's a relevant point. I, I think every time you open your mouth, a relevant point comes out. Ha! But, yeah, you guys heard it here first. Bam! I say relevant things, <laughs> motherfuckers. Um, I, I can't say for sure. I mean, I can say that clearly this is... He is at home in this space. Yeah. However, I would caution people to go and watch This Means War or whatever the, the romantic comedy action work. thing he did with because not only is it a great bromance between him and Chris Pine who are the only two reasons to watch that movie not but Reese. he's no okay um, but <laughs> but he is so charming and cute in that film which is something that I you know if I hadn't seen that I would argue that maybe he just can't do that would you say he's impish he, was, he is impish. Oh. Yeah. I haven't, impish. Seen it. I haven't seen that movie. I think you should. I, uh, I do think in Warrior, he is stunningly good. See, I still, and, I, and I haven't seen Warrior. We'll do a double feature. Because he... I, this means war and warrior. This means warrior. We'll do This means warrior. Um, he is a, a, a brooding, hulkish beast in that film. Yep. And it's, he just owns that role so well. Um, he doesn't say much, again. Like he, yeah. He's just a physical actor. He's a yeah. very fucking physical actor. Yeah, and if, and if you haven't seen Bronson, I think it's still on Netflix. Yeah, Go I've seen fucking just see Bronson. I saw Bronson. Yeah, no, I, I know. I saw, I'm, I'm, just, not, I'm not calling I'm not, you I'm out. I'm saying to the viewers, to the listeners. Okay. I've seen Bronson, you guys. Okay. I know we've talked about it. You know I've seen it. Yeah. Because we talked about his pecker. We did. On this podcast. Right. We, it, you know, the, you know <laughs> this is the podcast where you get to hear about uh, us talk about Tom Hardy's pecker and Mel Gibson's nipples. God, what are we doing? My name is Yuri Lowenthal. My name is Travis Sintel. And you are awaited. <laughs>